Hi, Steve Cooper, Rank Success, and welcome to another episode of my Police Promotion and Leadership Podcast, giving you CPD on the go wherever you may be listening. Uh, This is another podcast where uh, it's relevant to your police leadership uh, and promotion ambitions. This one's of interest probably more broadly and widely as well. Um, And this one, this podcast is about the new uh, Police Code of Ethics, which has recently been uh, promulgated uh, through organisations, through forces. It's published uh, on the College of Policing's website. So this is the (coughs) new... Uh, code of ethics for policing and it's following a consultation uh, that came out and I'll be going through some of what that is so the short version the longer version and perhaps with some observations on it as well Uh, why is it important and it's important for you if you particularly if you're an aspiring promotion candidate uh, but also as an operational cop because you know, everybody wants to know where the minefields are, everybody wants to know what the rules are, everybody wants to know what the expectations are, and this review of the Code of Ethics sets out a lot of that, and that will become clearer as we go through. Um, just a quick um, word, have you got something interesting to say on policing, promotion, and or leadership yourself? If so, please get in touch to arrange an interview. I'm happy to share my platform if you've got a story to tell, either by writing a guest blog post, which can be anonymous if you wish, uh, and or recording a verbal message to feature as a guest podcast. Uh, I'm always happy to share my platform to promote a diverse range of perspectives in policing um, whilst creating informative content for you. Okay, so I hope you enjoy uh, the podcast. Uh, For info, in a moment, I'll be giving a quick overview of the support that Rank Success offers aspiring cops and the benefits of becoming a podcast subscriber. And then we'll get straight into the episode on the Code of Ethics, the new Code of Ethics. Uh, And feel free to let me know your views in the Q&A on the podcast notes. At Rank Success, I'm committed to giving you the best police leadership development Leveling the playing field of promotion, whatever your budget and wherever you are. I invite you to explore my free blogs at policepromotion.blog and videos on my YouTube channel. There's topical police news, salary information, deep dives into diversity, CVF explainers, explanations of promotion assessments and various aspects covering your police leadership and ongoing CPD. All this content will firstly help you become a better police leader and then secondly succeed in your promotion process. To go further, you might consider becoming a subscriber of my podcast. Not only will you be supporting the free content I create for others, but for just four ninety nine a month, you'll also get extra subscriber-only episodes. You'll be the first to access all new episodes and have access to the best of my back catalogue, whilst also getting an exclusive 25% discount on my market-leading promotion materials. There's no commitment and you can cancel any time. Want to smash your promotion with tried and tested prep? If you've got an upcoming board or you just want to get ahead of the competition now, consider my structured, succinct and rank-specific toolkits. These help focus your effort on the right things, including examples of what good evidence looks like, explainers of the CVF, plus a myriad of other essential content to help you achieve your aspiration. Others have described these materials as a godsend, like gold dust, helping to tame the monsters in your mind, and have even stated, there's nothing else like it. See countless more testimonials on my website from successful cops who took action and got in touch. 
There's e-guides, my professional recorded masterclass video, plus my in-depth CVF explainer video, or indeed special bundle offers on everything. Or come join me for an all-inclusive day on my next in-person promotion masterclass. All this and more is available from my main website at ranksuccess.co.uk and the return on investment will come in your first month's salary increase alone. So that's an overview of what I can do for you and without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. Hi, Steve Cooper, Rank Success, and welcome to this podcast episode of my Police Promotion and Leadership podcast. And this uh, topic today is around the recently published uh, Code of Ethics, the review, the renewal, the refreshment of the Code of Ethics, the building upon uh, the other principles from the previous 2014 Code of Ethics. And it's something that as an operational cop, someone working within policing, uh, someone's interested in policing issues, uh, will probably want to have a listen to at some stage. I would certainly encourage you to go to uh, the um, uh, College of Policing's website, have a look at it, have a look at what the updates are for yourself. This is simply just a uh, summary for you. It's part of my podcast to bring information to you as an aspiring promotion candidate. Uh, or somebody who's looking to progress laterally within policing or someone who's just looking to kind of include this as part of their CPD uh, it will be of interest because you'll be able to go to the college and read what's said there you'll probably be able to read uh, various interpretations and um, articles and editorial on it so this is just my contribution to it from the perspective of being a police promotion coach and mentor uh, and trying to get you signposted and directed and up to spec if you like on the zeitgeist of this because if you are a promotion candidate and aspiring candidate and some boards are quite imminent uh, now uh, in the next few weeks but certainly if you're looking to get promoted this year this is the kind of thing that you need to be aware of you are uh, seeking to be promoted into a, a formal leadership position as a sergeant inspector chief inspector this is at the heart of it uh, this code of ethics is at the heart of the decision-making process, the decision-making model, the national decision model. It is at the heart of you making the right decisions um, as consistently as you can uh, and as often as you can at the lowest appropriate level of the organisation. So if you're a constable, you're making them at your level and sergeant and inspector and so on. And that also you are able to feel supported in making those decisions so at the heart of all of this is the code of ethics so if you're wondering how it affects you it affects you in lots and lots of different ways uh, and it's also uh, moral ethical um, leadership aspects um, and that's the kind of behavior that you know policing by consent requires what the public expects and what your colleagues expect of you as well so the College of Policing have taken the opportunity to really get to work on this, uh, to renew it, to refresh it. It follows a review. Uh, and in short, this new review, the 2024 Code of Ethics, uh, the summary of it is it's in, it's in three parts. So there are the ethical policing principles. And that is the main bit that everyone should read. So every one of you listening to this, your friends, your colleagues, everyone should be listening to this uh, or that 
people go to the College of Policing's website and look at those ethical policing principles. I will be covering them in a minute. Um, the second part is the guidance for ethical and professional behaviour. And that's a very long, uh, nice to know um, um, body of information. Uh, I would encourage you to go and read it. You may need to sit down with a cup of coffee with it. You may need to make some notes. It depends whether you are someone who, who needs to know this in some detail. So if you are a uh, supervisor, I would highly recommend you do that and form your own opinions, come to your own um, conclusions, but absorb it in your own way. We all learn in different ways. So uh, have a look, have a read through it, make some notes. Hopefully something I say here, I will be doing a, a video to support this. Uh, I will be doing a word cloud for each of the areas of the um, Code of Ethics, some of the mapping from the old Code of Ethics to the new one so you can see the similarities or the points that are the same and the summary points and I'll bring in some other points from elsewhere. But do it for yourself, um, this is supplementary, complementary to your learning and the College of Policing is the um, predominant source of this. So uh, I would go to there and I would encourage you to do it. And the third part is the Code of Practice for Ethical Policing and that's relevant to senior leaders and chief officers only. Uh, and I'll touch on that but I won't cover too much on that. So in short, this 2024 Code of Ethics is in three parts. The Ethical Policing Principles, which is for what I would say for operational cops uh, to get to grips with. Um, there is the um, uh, Guidance for Ethical and Professional Behaviour, uh, which is more broadly for everyone working in policing and the code of practice for ethical policing for senior officers so each part is on a separate page on the college of policing's website there's no uh, nice document if you like at the moment as as we as i do this podcast now to download and for you to print off like the 2014 um, code of ethics document you've got to visit the college of policing's website for all the information <coughs> excuse me uh, and one of the observations I would say is that having had a look through this in its entirety, it's over 10,000 words. So that's like a university thesis um, uh, or a degree thesis. Um, 10,000 words is a lot. Uh, it's around about 25 pages and with 300 plus bullet points, um, there's no denying that it is a long read. But the main bit that everyone should be aware of in the federated ranks is the first bit and that is ethical policing principles and this is the bit you'll need to remember and be able to demonstrate leadership awareness of uh, luckily there's lots of overlap with the cvf so the cvf competencies the cvf behaviors uh, the descriptors uh, and the cvf values so there's a lot of overlap there so you can take some reassurance from that um, maybe not if you're not up to spec with the cvf uh, but from the point of view of um, certainly for promotion candidates, you can take a little bit of um, uh, ease, if you like, that there's lots of overlap with the CVF. Uh, while the College of uh, Policing have advertised it's just three principles, uh, and in short that's courage, respect and empathy, and public service, it is just three principles. Um, each of those three has five explainer bullet points underneath, so that's 15 points. And then there's bullet points within each of those 15 bullet points. So again, we all learn in our own way. It's for you to go and have a look at and to absorb. 
the key part for me to emphasize to you is look it's about three things courage respect and empathy and public service so that's courage is the first one respect and empathy is the second and public service is the third and public service for those of you that are up to spec with the CVF will recognize that that is actually one of the stated or espoused values in the competency and values framework so there will be much overlap with that some similarities but at the heart of that that's describing how you will deliver the policing service to the public public service the name of the game um, <clears throat> this uh, new rewrite the 2024 code of ethics uh, it was created by a committee in consultation with the police federation staff associations uh, academics and other volunteers and the final 2024 version is the one uh, that is improved or approved following public consultation which included strangely feedback that the principles and guidance draft at the time was too wordy and difficult to remember or read okay so with if you're an operational cop i would just bring you back to the essential element of this that this is about courage something that cops use and are required to use and apply and demonstrate every day uh, respect and empathy which is hopefully how people go about their business anyway with themselves with colleagues and friends and members of the public and again that third part public service so in in a nutshell it's about three things and i'll keep coming back to that because that's important it can be you can easily run away with this um, and uh, it, it's essentially about the code of ethics at the heart of the national decision model something again you use every day to make your decisions consistently the best decisions you can uh, defensible decisions so you've got your rationale um, for those decisions that require it and at the heart of it you know you can put your hand on your heart uh, and with integrity which is one of the other uh, CVF values and say look in this situation and cops face lots of different situations every day uh, I did the best I could I made the best decision I could on the information I had at the time uh, and at the heart of it I had these behaviors these ethical behaviors these moral uh, guidelines to help me do it and most cops do this standing on their head every day but this is about revisiting those behaviors revisiting this little body of work and to refresh uh, and to um, if you like um, re-digest some of the important elements of it that will help you that will serve you in your job and also to let you look at where you, you may be cross-examined you may be scrutinized so you can be cross-examined on your use of the national decision model and officers often are in, in court uh, and in legal processes and again when it comes to the code of ethics you're gonna have to know a summary a working summary if you like uh, the way I encourage people to, to, to do it from a promotion perspective is look would you just talk to me for the next five minutes about the code of ethics and the national decision model and how you're going to use both of those as an aspiring or a newly promoted leader to do your job and to support your teams and to deliver the best service for the public so something along those lines uh, and you know once you can do that for five minutes you've touched base with all the important parts uh, you can then have a supportive discussion either with me with a, a line supervisor or your friends or colleagues to see if you're missing any uh, key components so those key components those elements those ingredients are what this new code of ethics is all about um, and you're probably saying well look 
why has the code of ethics changed? What was wrong with the old one? Um, and that's that's a personal perspective, I suppose. Everybody has their own personal perspective on it. And I think a lot of that was around probably legal issues and also communication issues. So what do I mean by that? Well, um, the, the 2014 Code of Ethics was issued as a statutory code of practice for chief officers. And there was apparently uh, confusion regarding the strength and standing of the application of the codes of practice across policing. Uh, it's reported or, or perceived focus was that police officers, rather than every person working in policing, uh, as it was intended, uh, was the was the impression it was only for police officers rather than everyone working in policing. Um, and and that's that's an interesting point because I I would certainly be interested in looking at the evidence on that uh, because whoever really thought that it was just for police officers. Um, you know, some might argue nonsense, uh, you know, and in any case, you, you don't entirely change something. Uh, it could have been simpler, uh, a simpler message to say, well, look, by the way, and re-emphasise this part of the communication, by the way, this is for everyone. This is for everyone in policing, uh, as this new version has done uh, and is more inclusive overtly. So, but that, in terms of thinking that, you know, people sat down for two, two years and have done some good work on this, and have got together and, and, and brought together uh, important information to support people in delivering a policing service uh, that helps to support policing by consent and, and legitimacy in decision making um, processes. Um, you know, you could also argue, well, look, it could have been done another way, less labour intensive. Um, but here we are, we're here now. And, you know, some of the misconceptions were reinforced by the guidance on behaviour in the code, the previous code which was set out under headings um, of the standards of professional behaviour, taken from the police conduct regulations and then mirrored in the police staff council handbook. So there are lots lots of, I suppose, reasons or indicators as to why that might have been the case, that perception that it was only for police officers and not necessarily for everyone. So this rewrite, this revisitation, this republishing of it, this reworking of the Code of Ethics for the 2024 version um, is has arrived and that's what this, this podcast is about. And so as a result of the public consultation and input from serving police officers, police staff, academics, staff associations and representatives from partner associations, the 2014 Code of Ethics is now replaced by the 2024 Code of Ethics, uh, which is non-statutory, the 2023 Code of Practice for Ethical Policing, which is statutory, uh, and also parts of the uh, 2014 Code of Ethics, which have been retained. So uh, operational cops, again, perhaps probably only interested in the summary version of all of this. So the courage, the respect and empathy, and the public service, but again, uh, just revisiting, if you're someone who's looking to um, apply for a formal leadership position, uh, don't be surprised if this new code of ethics forms the basis of some questions on your promotion uh, board or process or selection process, some of the scenarios, the briefings or presentation scenarios. Um, you can almost bet on the nose that you will uh, experience uh, a question in some format um, in relation to this new code of ethics so hence this this podcast so the 2024 code of ethics is inclusive um, it provides support for everyone in policing uh, it's got um, those two parts neither of which are statutory 
um, and the ethical policing principles provide support in making ethical decisions and the guidance for ethical and professional behaviour in policing sets out expectations for how policing professionals should behave in a way that makes it easy for them to understand and follow. So there's certainly a lot of information to help you do that uh, and that's why I suggest you sit down with a cup of coffee and go through it for yourself. So the term code of ethics has been retained but the 2024 code of ethics is not a statutory code of practice. Um, it has the same status as other guidance produced by the college and I will put a link in to the uh, code of ethics review and the published uh, aspect of it. But the College of Policing uh, say that this is all about doing the right things in the right ways for the right reasons. So again, cutting to the heart of it, the, the ethical reasons and the ethical background for making decisions and delivering policing. And the code of ethics I expect was also kept in, and I don't know, but because it's familiar in policing, I suppose. Um, however, it isn't a statutory code of practice uh, and the code of ethics is supported by that code of practice for ethical policing. And that is a statutory code of practice which provides chief officers with direction on promoting and supporting ethical and professional behaviour within their forces. Okay, so these ethical policing principles then, that's the part that operational cops are going to want to know about. If they don't already know, forgive me if you're already ahead of me on this. Uh, but the ethical policing principles are a series of guiding statements that should be used to help people within policing to do the right things in the right way for the right reasons. And, and the, the guidance here that I'm looking at says that everyone in policing routinely makes important decisions. Some people would say also that leadership is delivered at every level of the organisation. And what I'm talking about for you if you're an aspiring um, uh, promotion candidate is that leading at the level of formal leadership so a formally recognised position such as Sergeant Inspector, Chief Inspector and so on. Uh, and people make these decisions because it's the duty to uphold the law, to prevent crime and disorder and to protect and reassure communities uh, and also investigating crime and bringing offenders to justice. So that's what this supports people to do within policing. Uh, there's recognition that this is physically, mentally and emotionally demanding and that decision making itself can raise complex ethical issues because they affect other people and often at the most difficult times in their lives and that kind of summarises policing uh, in, in one perspective. So deciding what to do isn't always straightforward uh, and the best course of action may only become apparent after decisions have been made and again that describes the ethos of uh, or, or complexities of some policing activity as well. So as, we, as you go through this, this uh, guidance, which again I encourage you to do, uh, it talks about the recognition that you know in policing, uh, everyone in policing holds a, a privileged position in society and with that comes you know the, the required consent of the public, higher expectations and combining that with the mission to keep the public safe uh, all relies on having public acceptance and trust and cooperation and therefore it's about you know delivering an honourable and legitimate policing service that is deserving of the public support and uh, there are reminders in there throughout that we work with and for the public and uh, we're there to provide a fair and unbiased and open and honest about decisions 
and securing trust also means working within the limits of the law and being accountable for our actions and again you know uh, talking about the NDM that is one means in which you make uh, and, and demonstrate if you like accountability personal accountability but also accountability to the public um, and to uh, colleagues and peers and the CPS and partners through if necessary a rationale to explain your decision making on the information you had at the time uh, and what you considered and the options you considered before you actually made that decision and then of course within the NDM there is an opportunity a learning opportunity if it's dealt with correctly to identify individual and team and organisational learning um, and the Code of Ethics being at the heart of the NDM allows that and supports these principles to be uh, progressed if you like and embedded within policing um, so the principles themselves as I've alluded to uh, there are a series of guiding statements that should be used to help people in policing to do the right things uh, as the college saying the right way for the right reasons and that is courage and what they say by courage is you know making communicating and being accountable for decisions and standing against anything that could bring our profession or the policing profession into disrepute. So courage, um, taking responsibility uh, is another part of courage, setting an example, um, challenging unprofessional behaviour and practice, uh, being honest, open and accountable and encouraging feedback and scrutiny. So that's what, what courage is. In fact, courage is also a value uh, for um, promo aspiring promotion candidates and in selection processes, promotion selection processes in the Metropolitan Police. And you will find a lot of overlaps between the description of that and the espoused um, principle here of courage. So again, what you'll find is there's a, there's a strong overlap with the CVF. There's a strong overlap with some of the values in um, uh, in policing, uh, the espoused values in policing, so uh, some of those are um, straightforward, i.e. The, co um, the competency and values framework has four values, but forces are increasingly coming up with their own values, uh, including caring, including common sense, including kindness, things that you perhaps have never seen or heard of or would ever believe would surface within policing documentation, literature or conversations. Um, and yet they're coming in and a lot of this overlaps in terms of um, um, the principles and the supporting frameworks if you like for decision making and supporting cops to do their job and police staff uh, as this is this is completely inclusive now so courage is the first one respect and empathy so what's that about that's you know encouraging um, listening to and understanding the views of other people uh, and then when I see that, I look at the CVF um, competency of we're collaborative. That talks about the views uh, and opinions and, and perspectives of others. And then it also says seeking to recognise and respond to the physical, the mental and the emotional challenges that police and other people uh, in policing uh, may face. So, you know, acting with respect, listening to and understanding those different perspectives uh, understanding the impact of emotions and welfare and responding to individual needs and being fair and impartial to me that 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 talks again to the competency values framework and the uh, 
the competency or the behavior we're emotionally aware and not everybody is emotionally aware there's a fact uh, it's a skill it can be learned and as you learn and grow and develop in policing and um, arguably the further you go up the ranks the more that becomes important and yet many people find it difficult to talk about that uh, and yet you see it here overlapped within some of these descriptors and these principles so you know even just one aspect of emotional awareness self-awareness you know having insight into your own emotions uh, and an understanding of your own strengths and limitations well that that links to and, and sits with and complements your ability to make good decisions um, and to understand the impact of emotions not just your own and being able to put them aside for a while but often within policing people who are angry vulnerable and um, disorientated etc uh, etc et so a lot of these um, aspects are very similar they supplement and complement each other but this is about one of the principles respect and empathy uh, which is highlighted within uh, this rewrite of the code of ethics and the third one again is public service and that's very much around working in the public interest fostering public trust and confidence and taking pride in providing an excellent service to the public well you know that's the name of the game that's what policing is all about um, it's also a competency and values uh, framework uh, espoused value public service so again there's another example of how it overlaps and so delivering a service to be proud of um, acting lawfully uh, understanding and responding to the public's needs um, reflecting on and applying your knowledge or your personal and professional knowledge and professional judgment um, and improving yourself so CPD and you know if you're a sergeant that CPD extends to um, your peers uh, your team uh, and, and the wider profession generally so again those principles just to summarize courage respect and empathy and public service and that's the part really that I wanted to cover in this um, podcast because there's a lot of information as I say there I could go on and read the five bullet points under each one I've touched on them and summarized them just now um, but there's you know there's further bullet points explanatory uh, terms and concepts under each one of these as you go through them I've tried to draw links and analogies to where the CVF reflects these as well um, it's not hard to do when you read through this so what I would say is if you're an aspiring promotion candidate that you take this seriously that you do a deep dive into it as part of effective um, promotion preparation don't forget of course that I have digital um, downloadable toolkits bespoke for um, sergeant if you're going for that rank or inspector chief inspector if you're going for that rank uh, that you can download covers lots of these issues in, in more depth uh, and in the context of promotion selection processes so that's there to support you as well but what I would do is I would also um, get stuck into this while you can now uh, because some of these concepts may take a little while to settle even though I've focused on those three aspects uh, courage respect and empathy and public service it might still help be helpful for you to read through it and then the second part so that's that for operational cops so if you're operational cop or you're someone uh, who leads a team of operational cops and it, you know they're commuting to work or you know they're going to be listening to this as, as a personal podcast um, feel free to share it with them 
if you if I've said anything that, that, that that's uh, that's prompted any thoughts or you'd like to make a contribution as I said uh, in the intro feel free I'm happy to share my platform and uh, I'm always happy to have, have discussions around policing issues um, the second part of this really and I'm not going to spend too long on this but it is about that that second part the guidance for ethical and professional behavior which is pretty broad uh, and um, this is around the statutory code of the practice to complement the non-statutory code of ethics so together they will support everyone in policing is what the literature says to provide ethical and professional policing services and the code of ethics includes those ethical policing principles to support decision making as well as guidance on ethical and professional behavior so by everyone in policing it's stated here that they mean police officers police staff pcso's so police community support officers anyone with designated powers members of the special constabulary police support volunteers and cadets police officers and staff on secondment or overseas deployments and designated contract managers contractors and staff employed by suppliers providing services on behalf of forces so it's definitely inclusive there um, and they say in here for ease throughout the document and the guidance uh, the term staff is used uh, to refer to all those roles outlined so the purpose of this guidance for ethical and professional behavior more widely is explained as police professionals are more likely to be judged as behaving ethically when their decisions and actions are lawful and consistent with these ethical policing principles and that's a really good point to 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 just step aside from at the moment and to think about and to hold this space um, that we have around this at the moment because um, the code of ethics uh, has these uh, guidelines um, uh, at the, the centre of it these principles at the very centre of the NDM which is the model the national decision model national decision making model uh, which officers are encouraged to use which are taught on training courses which are taught through authorised professional practice at the College of Policing right through crime investigations through to public order through to firearms this is the decision making model uh, that is used to make both dynamic and slower term decisions and there's a whole load of stuff I've done some other blogs and some other videos on this <coughs> but um, the part here where it says Policing professionals are more likely to be judged as behaving ethically when their decisions and actions are lawful and consistent with these ethical policing principles is an important line, certainly for me, because um, when you look at the uh, IOPC, the Independent Office of Police Complaints, when they're investigating, uh, they have said uh, somewhere in their literature that if officers, and I assume now because this is inclusive, uh, police staff make the wrong decisions, uh, then if they can show that they have used the decision-making model and they have used the principles uh, that that will be taken into account as part of when they are judged for what they did uh, or, or investigations so if you've got the wrong outcome for the decision and you know you can't always judge people and you shouldn't always judge people by the outcome of decision-making uh, shouldn't judge the quality of their decision-making on the outcome uh, because it's only the quality of the decision making that's under your control really it's not always the outcome that is under control um, and I'll do a deeper dive into that on some of my other 
uh, podcasts, but also, um, you know, PSD, professional standards departments, you know, when they're looking through, if they can sit down and see that you followed these principles, these guidelines, this supporting framework, if you like, um, it's a lot harder to find wrongdoing, particularly if it didn't exist, if this decision making has been done with integrity, with the best intent, um, and often that's to save life, uh, to arrest people safely, uh, and to bring about a, um, a a meaningful outcome. But it's complex. It's it's a volatile business sometimes. Um, police officers don't always make the right decisions. Generally, most of the time, I think they do. I honestly think they do. But of course, they are not the everyday decisions made across all 43 forces or 55 forces hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times a day no one's interested nobody cares the only time people are interested is when it hits the media or where officers have done wrongdoing uh, and there are processes um, where if they don't follow these um, guidelines if they uh, ignore them if they're blatantly against them then of course I think there's a consensus everybody agrees you know those individuals perhaps don't have a place in policing and should be removed as quickly as possible but coming back to officers that do make those decisions uh, correctly as often as possible as consistently as possible and with the best intent uh, I think that's an important line there for them um, there's also a recognition in the uh, guidance in these principles and the uh, guidelines for ethical and professional behavior there's a recognition that the got this guidance does not and cannot cover every situation that someone working in policing might face either in the course of their work or when not working so again you know everybody knows that you know you may be called upon uh, certainly as a police officer on duty 24 hours a day technically uh, to make arrests and this guidance still applies then and it applies on and off duty uh, as does all of this ethical and professional uh, behaviour guidance um, and it, it goes on to cover around social media, it goes on to cover around personal relationships etc etc et um, so there's a recognition there that uh, you know it doesn't and, and, and cannot ever cover every situation so I suppose there's a degree of fairness and reality in there in fact they describe it as common sense um, again, that's something that's appearing more and more in policing literature, um, uh, common sense. So again, you know, that can mean different things to different people in different situations and certainly around discussion, discussing um, decisions. Um, so that the, the, the key emphasis here is that this guidance will assist with building a positive workplace culture by spelling out what good policing looks like and by promoting professional conduct and decision making. Um, and that's an interesting line as well because that's the intention and I think in lots of places that is the case and maybe in uh, too many places it isn't and these guidelines come in to kind of reset, rechip, recalibrate expectations around uh, working uh, aspects of work uh, and relationships and environments. And again if you are uh, an aspiring supervisor don't be surprised if you get asked questions around how will you ensure or maintain or create an environment, the right environment for your teams. Tell us about that. And it often wrong foots people. Okay, um, some people might say this provides a, I mean, because this does go on, this goes on and on and on. And some, you know, cynics might suggest that this is basically a massive checklist 
the PSD or the IOPC to sit down and find, okay, of all those hundreds of bullet points, uh, which four or five or six have not been complied with, and let's use those to give either words of advice or to make uh, comments or to draw inferences or assumptions. Um, again, you know, maybe that's a cynical approach, but again, if it's been done comprehensively, which this appears to have been done, I think this is this is guidelines. These are frameworks uh, for expectations and you know interpretations, professional judgments around this should err on the side of, uh, if you like, procedural justice, organisational justice, etc. Um, it's based all around and justified for public interest and trust. That's what it's all about uh, at the heart of it. But I mean, I'm just going through some of my notes here. Um, being open, honest and candid is there. Uh, we demonstrate candor or candor through our duty to cooperate. Uh, so this is within uh, investigations or professional judgment being applied um, and with the public open and truthful. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, you could go through this and make, in fact, I have a massive word salad out of it. So again, that's why it's important in context for you, depending on why you're reading this, whether it's just to kind of touch base with it and rechip and recalibrate your professional knowledge and awareness, or you're doing it at a deeper level, um, more meaningful way uh, as an aspiring promotion candidate, uh, or you're someone who's a senior manager and needs to whip through this, it relates to your particular department or area of business, uh, and you need to be uh, up to spec on what it says. I mean, there's some, some aspects here covered around covert policing, um, covert tactics must be appropriately authorised, any deployments must be shown to be proportionate, lawful, accountable and necessary. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> we, covert policing is, is some of the most accountable, lawful and necessary activity um, ever authorised, ever undertaken in, in, in policing. Uh, and you know, a lot of that appears to be, you know, I look at it and go, well, who's that for? And the answer is it's, it's for anybody who doesn't know that and it's for the public generally because most cops involved in robot policing go duh you know that's explaining what we already know and that reflects all our training uh, and expertise okay there's lots of additional uh, professional requirements for police staff volunteers um, there's more emphasis around confidentiality respecting the public behavior incivility um, human rights is covered in this and, and, and of interest is lots of um, signposting and uh, indication here for line managers so at the end of some of these paragraphs are some bespoke uh, bullet points for you uh, to look at particularly around ensuring and supporting well-being professionally um, and ensuring people are signposted and rooted to meaningful support so that's all part of making it a better environment but you can't do that if you're not aware of these kind of things so um, decision making is in there as well in the guidelines uh, they allude overtly there to the NDM the national decision model uh, authorized professional practice around risk uh, and you know courage is is you know one of those principles courage uh, of the th three principles operational cops um, should be aware of I mean for, from my perspective courage is exactly where that sits you know in decision making in policing on a day-to-day -day basis so, you know, you, you don't need to know the ins and outs of all of this. You do it anyway. Uh, but courage, to me, links and goes to the very heart of um, the national decision model 
uh, and having that courage to make decisions, the courage to stop and search people, the, the courage to arrest people, the courage to run towards danger when other people are running away, uh, and instinctively, intuitively, to do the right thing, which is what I think is what a lot of cops join for and do far more than you ever hear of the uh, rare examples uh, of, uh, but, you know, atrocious, abominable behaviour that a minority do um, carry out or commit or, or uh, certain behaviours that have no place in policing at all. But that, that emphasis of courage really, really does describe to me uh, cops' use of policing powers and uh, particularly around decision making. There's also a, a section here on recognising the opportunity to learn and again it's back to that competency around emotionally aware so in order to continually improve the policing service and performance there's a necessity uh, to recognize the opportunity to learn and to you know to demonstrate self-awareness self-challenge and reflection to achieve it so there's some recognition there that you know giving each other constructive feedback being open transparent as i say a bit of repetition there but if you think about it also from the perspective of decision making stage five of the ndm offers the opportunity not just to take action i.e make a decision do something but actually the bit that people often forget is and review and the review part stage five is where that this could kick in and uh, allow you the opportunity to uh, recognise individual, team and organisational learning. So again with all of this uh, um, expectations including challenging unprofessional behaviour and the expectations for particularly supervisors to do that but all within policing to do it, um, uh, it, it it's a lot of information there is a lot of information there, there are lots and lots and lots of bullet points um, it's a big read uh, which is why I've tried to condense it if I can do um, to courage, respect and empathy and public service. So as operational cop that's it. And I'm just very quickly going to touch here on um, the Code of Practice for Ethical Policing for Chief Officers. Uh, if I was to do a word salad on this or a word cloud as they call it, I think I'll call them word salads, I shouldn't really, because um, they have different meanings, but a, a word cloud on this, um, the the bullet points that come out. I mean they, there's guidance to chief officers here around ensuring ethical and professional behaviour, challenging unprofessional behaviour, uh, ensuring procedural and organisational justice, uh, ensuring openness and candour of senior officers in terms of services delivered um, and uh, there's a big section on CPD or an important section on CPD uh, saying that chief officers should take action to ensure CPD, continuous professional development within their force, which will include the following, providing all staff with learning and development to enable them to perform their roles professionally and ethically and give access to uh, learning materials. Um, you know, you might look at that and go, well, doesn't that happen anyway? Um, but it's there. And I think if I was to make this into a, a word cloud, uh, I would say that the one big word that comes out of that from all those bullet points is ensuring, ensure. So they have to ensure, ensure, ensuring, ensure all the way through. And well, you know, if you get to the end of that section, if that all happens in the next two years, well, none of us will have anything to worry about because if all that's ensured, and I appreciate they're just guidelines, but if all that's ensured, then policing will be in a much, much better place uh, as things go through. Um, 
Okay, so a lot of that has been mapped across from the Code of Ethics from 2014 uh, and uh, where they link and I'll, I'll, I'll do a couple of graphics on that uh, for those of you that are interested and want to see this visually. Um, but you can get tired, I was quite tired reading through this, trying to make meaning of it. Uh, hopefully in this 40, 42, 43 minutes uh, of my dulcet brummy tones you have a better understanding. But if I leave you with nothing more around this, uh, I would just like to leave you with those three bullet points again that this whole rewrite, this whole um, revisiting of the code of ethics that sits at the heart of the NDM, something you use every day, is about rechipping and recalibrating to three principles courage, respect, and empathy, and public service. But you may think, well, actually, Steve, I do that every day, uh, and I know that most of my colleagues do as well. Okay, so as I say, I would just finish by saying we'll go and have a look at it on the College of Policing's website, authorised professional practice, make of it what you will, share it with your teams. If this helps, I am uh, pleased. And as I say, uh, I will be back with another podcast in due course. And until then, take care and stay safe. If you made it this far, thanks for listening and I hope you found that helpful. Let me know your views in the podcast details and Q&A section or by tweeting me or xing me as it is at rank underscore success uh, if you or a colleague have something interesting to contribute on policing promotion and or leadership by all means please get in touch i'm always happy to share my platform to promote a diverse range of perspectives in policing whilst creating informative content for you if you like this podcast please consider becoming a subscriber not only will you be helping to ensure I can continue creating free content for everyone, but for just $4.99 a month, you'll also get a load of great stuff on top. This no-hassle, cancel-anytime offer provides extra subscriber-only episodes, priority access to all new episodes, and access to the best of my back catalogue. Should you want to go further and hit the ground running, you'll also receive an exclusive 25% discount on my market-leading structured promotion materials to help focus your effort. If you want in-person support, check out my website for upcoming masterclass dates. I only do a few a year, but they're action-packed with targeted support. You'll leave with great clarity on your force promotion process and with all the tools you need for success. Attendees most often describe the day as inspiring, informative and motivating. Others have said it cuts through the fear of fog, confusion and nerves, and one went so far as to say it's the best money I ever spent on my own promotion development gave me the right frame of mind and motivation to succeed second to none. So all the best in your career aspirations. You can see a suite of support on my website at ranksuccess.co.uk plus my popular free blogs at policepromotion.blog. Until next time, take care and stay safe.